Solo. Is that part of the name? Do you have to say it like that? Yeah, because that's like him shooting first. Remember that, guys? Did you know the average movie costs way more than you'll probably ever make in your entire lifetime? Movies are an expensive business, and when they crash, they crash hard. But why'd they fail? Was it bad timing, a bad film, or just bad luck? Let's take a look and try to see where it went wrong, if you could have seen it coming, and what wounds turned out to be fatal. I'm Matt. I'm Steve. And this is the Autopsy Report. All right, and uh, we're back just like it's yesterday. No no giant delay here. None at all. No, no, not nothing. No delay. All right, fine, you caught us. It's been a while, but that's just because I was dead set on talking about Star Wars, and we had to wait this long to convince Steve to finally watch the goddamn tapping? Star Wars what movie. You, what are you tapping on? That's my, that's my desk. I'm tapping on it and making a point. It's very loud. That'll wake people up if they're asleep at the beginning of the podcast for some reason. Well, I know I like to watch them right as I'm about to fall asleep. Like right before I fall asleep is when I start a podcast. I mean, some people maybe that helps them helps them get down. But uh, I'd be lying if I said that the distance wasn't also for myself because I had to really let myself cool off from some anger before I could talk about this movie as well. So that's why we needed the long break for Steve to approach it and for me to approach it, but in very different ways. Right, Steve? Yeah, you know, it's, it, we just call this season two. That's, there's, sometimes there's a gap between season one and season two. Yeah, you got you to gotta refresh. And podcasts have seasons, right? Sure. Like podcasts are the Wild West. They can have whatever they want. They do now. I'll touch you for season two. Since when do you know how to fly? 190 years old? You look great. Push it. Three years after Star Wars returned to the big screen and obliterated box office records while kickstarting a whole new ravenous appetite for adventures in a galaxy far, far away, a few out-of-touch, cowardly, unoriginal executives decided to try and make money in the easiest, most low-effort way possible by pumping out a movie they hoped would sell itself on name recognition alone. But instead of an easy buck, they ended up releasing the first-ever Star Wars box office bomb, not even three years after claiming the domestic box office record. Talk about taking the golden goose behind the barn and strangling it to death while you're trying to squeeze out a few more eggs. In Solo, a Star Wars story, Disney pulls back the veil to reveal every little detail we never wanted or needed to know about everyone's favorite stuck-up, half-witted, scruffy-looking nerf herder. Be amazed as this movie decides to explain every minor detail and prop or reference ever made about Han Solo in the original Star Wars trilogy. Those dice that hung on the Vulcan that never had any significance until recently? Guess what? They were actually super sentimental to him. That gun he uses? He didn't just buy it at a store like a normal person. No, no, there's an origin story there, buddy. That one time C-3PO offhandedly mentioned how the Millennium Vulcan had a peculiar dialect? Guess what? That's because the ship actually has the conscience of a sassy black feminist droid. Hell, even Han's last name has a stupid-ass origin story because nothing could just be. Solo, a Star Wars story, stars Alden 
Einrich. Oh, I fucked it up already. He already messed it up once. All right. That's Ehrenreich. A, we're going to start the drinking game right now on the podcast. Every time Matt screws up Ehrenreich's last name. I'm just going to call him Alden to be safe. Alden stars as Harrison Ford Light Han Solo, watches he tries his best to play a character who on paper really isn't that original, but was beloved due entirely to how cool and easy of a charm Han Harrison Ford played him with. Uh, so obviously this sets up Alden for a complete failure because no one would ever be happy with anyone other than Harrison Ford playing this role. Co-starring in this film is also Woody Harrelson as Han's uh, criminal mentor, Game of Thrones' Amelia Clark as Han's first love, whom he literally pines for for like three fucking years while he's in the <laughs> army, yet we're supposed to uh, you know, still believe that Han and Leia are the real romance of this story. And then Childish Gambino's Donald Glover also tries out his Billy D. Williams impersonation as Lando Calrissian and Steve's favorite actor, Paul Bettany. Is that Bettany? Paul Bettany, yeah. Yeah, Stars <laughs> is the scar-faced villain. And, uh, of course, Chewbacca's in this as well, played by himself. Um, so, Steve, uh, what did you think of Solo, a Star Wars movie? What did I think of the movie? Uh, uh, I think Superfluous comes to mind just for the entire entire ordeal. Steve's uh, busting out a dictionary on us. Folks. I know. We're going to bring back the big words for season two. So, uh, yeah, I don't... Nothing about this felt necessary, and like you, like you just said, it's just like, oh, well, let's find out how every single I like the dice thing. I didn't even, I didn't even remember the dice. Nobody remembered the dice until J.J. Abrams was like, "Hey, let's make these dice important." And then, like, they show the dice multiple times hanging. So I'm like, oh, okay, well, those must be important at some point. They're they're a thing that I a reference I missed, but. Yeah, it's uh, overall just very unnecessary kind of uh, boilerplate in its sort of beats and what happens and some of the acting is okay. I don't know about this Aaron Reich guy, but... I think he was in... I, I mentioned I think he was in a tough spot because uh, I don't think he was going to win no matter what in this movie. Yeah, I think that's... I mean, why not just get Harrison Ford to do it, you know? Like, just get real weird about it and just have Harrison Ford play it and then either do some really crazy makeup and or VFX just so he looks young the whole time. I mean, why not? You know, he's not getting any younger, but, like, that's what the people want. They just want to see Harrison Ford being Han Solo. There you go. Too bad the de-aging technology, like, we don't have it. Oh, wait, we do. Yeah, like if they can have Carrie Actually, Fisher star in a third movie after, long after she's dead, like why can't Harrison Ford just be himself but forty years younger or whatever? Uh, yeah, um, I mean, I won't. I'll get into it more when we talk about our issues with the movie. But I wasn't, even though I am a big Star Wars fan, which some people after watching this may, the other Star Wars fans will probably be like, "You're not a Star Wars fan." <laughs> uh, I don't. I did not enjoy this movie because I think it's just super fucking unoriginal and lazy. Yes. Yes, I, I concur. Acting-wise, I think, you know, just not to get into it, but I didn't... Nothing, nothing really stood out. I think Amelia Clark is not a good actress. Well, sorry, yeah, people. I've I think, not been yeah. impressed with her in, in any things I've seen her in. 
Uh, Woody Harrelson was fine in this movie, but I think it's weird to see Woody Harrelson in this movie. I just it's weird to see like kind of like established people in Star Wars. It's not it doesn't exactly have a history of that. Well, I don't know. I mean, Alec Guinness was probably pretty. L well three was a terrible character. In the original. If you like, yes, L three was awful. <laughs> I I almost couldn't finish watching because my eyes almost rolled out the window. One thing I really don't like about prequels, just in general is when they set up uh, like love interests even though like we've already met these characters and know their future love interests because I feel like that takes away from later. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I think... I, I don't know. I mean, in, you know, in real life, people have multiple times in life maybe they fall in love or different things happen. So They do, but I feel... Maybe it's just the, the, the gravitas of this one because it's like they knew they grew up together... He pined for her, like, like his whole like mission was like he's gonna go back and rescue her, even after like three years of being in the army. It's like if you build it up too much, though, it makes you like root for the relationship, and I feel like we shouldn't be rooting for this relationship. Mm-hmm. Especially when you already know that it's doomed to fail. Yeah, exactly, and and it just feels like it's yeah, it doesn't teach him anything, which is exactly why I support the young Han Solo books by A.C. Crispin which are a much better young Han Solo story. And I'm tapping on my desk again. Yeah. Drive the point home. You got to wake the people up every few minutes, just in case. Because in that one, he falls in love with a girl who, who fucks him over and plays him. And so it makes him turns and it explains why Han's so guarded and aloof in the in the original trilogy when we meet him. It actually, you know, like sets the groundwork on like what this movie did where it just is yeah, callbacks. That's a good point because it didn't feel like that much... He seemed more young and idealistic. It didn't feel like the Han we were supposed to meet at all. Like yeah, when you, in, in when you meet him in most eyes, you're like, this is a guy who doesn't give a fuck about anyone. And this whole movie, he's like the Han that Han becomes later, right? In New Hope, when like Han comes back at the end, you're like, he has a heart after all. It's like no, apparently he had a heart the whole time. Yeah, that's what I I didn't like. I thought like maybe you have a, a thing where he's like, oh, I'm a, a young kid, and he gets something happens, and he becomes really, um, really hardened towards life, and then this whole thing is him just even with more edge. That would have been more interesting, but instead they just he's just like happy-go-lucky kind of a goober. I want to be a pilot. Where ever heard that one before? So there was a lot of episode one parallels here, actually. Frighteningly enough. Gross. Now this is pod racing. No, no, this isn't pod racing. That was on Tatooine. You're in a spaceship now. Oh, wait. Oh, oh. He was doing like a thing. Star Wars is more than a movie franchise. It's a cultural phenomenon. It transcended film, imprinted itself into people's lives, into the very lexicon of how we speak, act, love, connect... People have literally started religions influenced by Star Wars. Though one could say that uh, Battlefield Earth did the same thing, so maybe not the, the best compliment there. But when Disney Watch out, perch- man. You're going to get us sued. Oh, yeah. We're not talking about you. Tom Cruise. <laughs> oh, wait. You're supposed to blur out his name with the robot voice, not say it. You can't blur out. What are you blurring? There's no. There's, that's the second reference you've made to visuals on this. This is not a video podcast, folks. You're not... Why did I dress up? I don't know. Now people don't know how good I look right now. I'm glad I'm not wearing any pants. I wish I wasn't. (laughs) 
When Disney purchased Lucasfilm in 2012 for $4 billion, they were handed the keys to the kingdom with the Star Wars property. Look at, a, look at it however you want, but Disney's expectations with this decision are clear-cut to make money. And domestically, nothing makes money like Star Wars. Force Awakens, Rogue, Rogue One, Last Jedi, the three films that came out before Solo, all made bank. Each of them earned over a billion dollars. A billion with a B, people. The decision behind making Solo a Star Wars story is no different than the decision behind Disney buying Star Wars in the first place to make money. Why else would they elect to take the safe bet by making a film, uh, a spin-off film, about a beloved, well-known character instead of, you know, actually trying something riskier or new? Gotta recoup that four billion ASAP. So Disney decides to take the Marvel route and hire upcoming young director Lord and Miller, who had a uh, a record of crowd-pleasing movies and shove them in with this property and tell them to, you know, drive it home. Sure sure bet, right, Steve? Slam dunk. This should be a cakewalk, they figured. Uh, past three Star Wars movies pretty much earned money. Didn't even matter what they were about, they probably thought. Even Rogue One, which is, I think, the, the easiest one to compare because it was the first of these anthology spinoff movies. Right. Even Rogue One crossed a billion, and it didn't have the Han Solo name. So, pff, no, no problemo. This movie's going to fucking make so much money, we're all going to be rich as hell. Well, not we aren't, but the Disney folks. But not Not us, them. You oh. said we, like, like, as in everyone's gonna profit. No, we, of yeah, this. we're not rich as hell. People, people, I have a GoFundMe to <laughs> feed me. I need feed to Matt. survive. Please go to my GoFundMe so I could pay my rent. Send him Taco Bell gift cards. But because this movie's expectations were way off base, and what these people thought was a sure dunk was instead met at the rim by bone-breaking black from the fans all around the world. Not to mention those young directors they thought were going to be easy to control ended up having a mind of their own. So I guess you could say their expectations uh, crash-landed? That's kind of spacey. Yeah, it's a little spacey. There's some, there was some crashing in this movie, so I'll, I'll allow it. Yes. Prepare for a feature-length adaptation of Han Solo's Wikipedia page. Solo opened on May 25th, 2018, Memorial Day weekend, and dethroned Deadpool 2 to snake first place with $84.4 million in its opening weekend. Uh, not counting the Monday, because uh, opening weekends, I feel like, are it's it's unfair to count the holiday Monday into the actual like opening weekend figure, because well, record-wise... Yeah, like the opening weekends or holiday weekends, they like, oh, it's, you know, it's Wednesday to Monday. Let's just add all that money together. If you count Monday, Solo did cross $100 million, But like for weekends, its true weekend is 84.4 yeah. because that is what it's competing with compared to all other movies of the year that don't have a free holiday to tack onto it. Right, right. Yeah, that makes sense. So Solo's 84.4 did double Deadpool 2's uh, 43 million with Deadpool 2 was in its second week and is a rated R movie which is worth noting yeah I'd say those numbers are much better for many reasons 
And uh, in third place that week was Avengers Infinity War, which was in its fifth week at that point, which but still pulling in $17 million. Uh, a calculated move by Dis- Disney, I'm sure, to give five weeks between Infinity War and, and Solo so they didn't cannibalize each other. Yeah. But uh, despite easily claiming first place by d- nearly doubling Deadpool 2's uh, revenue, uh, Solo immediately sparked a frenzy of articles declaring the film a bomb. And why? Because while $84 million may be acceptable for some movies, Steve, this doesn't fall under some movies. And not even projections just weeks before this movie came out. Uh, projections were people were saying, oh, this movie's going to make $170 million this week. No problem. Ooh. It's Star Wars. Rogue One did it. This is Solo. We got Han Solo. But... <laughs> and, uh, and this movie didn't just even do bad... Uh, I mean... First of all, it did very bad just by Star Wars standards. Uh, if you take a look at the last three Star Wars opening weekends, Last Jedi, $220 million. Rogue One, $155 million. Force Awakens, $248 million. Uh, even Revenge of the Sith, which opened uh, a week before Memorial Day, 13 years before Solo came out, opened to $108 million, which with inflation would be nearly $141 million today. Hmm. Should have had money. So uh, yeah, that had some big shoes to fill, I would say, with uh, all those Star Wars movies. It, uh, it definitely did, and in falling such short of them in its opening weekend, uh, I don't know. I mean, you, we'll definitely get into some of the reasons behind that later, of why you know this probably didn't open as strong. Lots of people blame certain things, but it's. You can't you can't hide that this was a bad opening, and deserved all the all the press that it got. Yeah, for sure. I mean, even going by Memorial Day weekend records, like not comparing it to other Star Wars movies, uh, Solo was seventh place of all time for Memorial Day weekend when you include that third day. So it even gives it that bump. Right. Before you go, 7th isn't that bad, because I know that's probably what you're thinking, Steve. Yeah, you know, 7th out of um, all the movies that come out. On Memorial Day weekend, yeah, right? And forever. But just remember, but, you know, let me point out that in 6th place is The Hangover Part 2. Oh, no. So if you think it's okay for freaking Star Wars to be beaten by a flash-in-the-pan sequel that nobody probably ever watches anymore... Well, it still warranted a third sequel, so joke's on you, I think. Oh, damn. You got me. I'm sorry, all you Hangover fans that still watch it every year regularly. And for all you uh, box office buffs out there, for if you're curious, Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End has the Memorial Day weekend record with $140 million. Mm. Which, as uh, a side note, uh, I always thought that like Memorial Day weekend was like one of the big ones that like studios want to like purposely aim to release movies for. But with seven movies that have crossed two hundred million, and the number one Memorial Day weekend, which includes a third day, mind you, still sixty million away from the two hundred mark, it makes me think that Memorial Day weekend isn't isn't as great as time to release movies people think. Yeah, no, I don't think so. I mean, you got, like, that's the start of summer, right? Like, everyone wants to go outside and barbecue and go grill and 
it's the same thing and go out in the boat and watch the indy 500 i guess you gotta get your tan on you gotta get your race car on you gotta get your boat out of wherever you keep boats and uh is that what you do do you race do you race your race car in memorial day week yeah you know i get my uh get my sprint car out and go down to indianapolis and get in the little 500 i thought the little 500 was a bike race that's little five i think technically i don't know there's a diff there well, there is like a sprint car race and like a half mile or a quarter mile track where they do so you're not running over bicyclists in your sprint car you know that would be interesting though have sprint cars and bicycles together you attract two very different crowds for that, but I think Indiana could support both of those very well. I'm going to delete this part of the podcast so someone doesn't steal that wonderful idea. Doesn't want to steal. Ain't no one getting away with my vehicular slaughter idea. <laughs> no one but me. Yeah. I'll definitely be in a sprint car, aiming those open wheels at the damn skinny tires. I'll just follow behind in a street sweeper, clearing up the bottom. <laughs> Uh, anyway but yeah i I think i think it is uh it's misleading like yeah it's like summer movie season but that that's not a weekend i feel like people are i mean maybe one of the evenings or if it's the weather is shitty wherever you are i don't know but i guess i don't i don't see it as like i gotta get to the theater it's memorial day it's been winter for six years in chicago and if uh, if you thought you know, well, people will come later because they're too busy on Memorial Day. They did not. <laughs> In its second week, Solo dropped sixty five percent to earn twenty nine million. Uh, still barely hang- hanging on to fir- first place though, even though Deadpool two gained ground on it, hmm. and Deadpool two uh, came out with uh, twenty three million that week. And uh, Solo was 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 lucky that week too that that I think it had the Star Wars name because no other big movies released really against it, which kind of gave it that that advantage to be like, well, that was number one two weeks in a row. Yeah, because I was competing against Action Point. They get those new trailers that say Solo is the number one movie for two weeks in a row. Go see it now. Because it went up against a drift and upgrade, and its second weekend. Adrift was that the Blake Lively like shark movie? It's not uh, something. It makes me think Blake Lively shark movie. I'll, uh, I'll say that much. Or like she's stuck on a buoy or something. Is that a is that a thing? Blake Lively stuck on a buoy. I feel like there's <laughs> been eight million like movies just like that. So sure. Um, Solo continued to drop though. In week three, it uh, was dethroned from its first place position by Steve's favorite movie, Ocean's Eight. Oh boy. Uh, it, uh, Solo earned $15 million that weekend. Uh, Deadpool continued to close the gap by uh, earning $14 million. Uh, week four, Solo drops down to fourth place with $10 million uh, With after Incredibles 2 and Tag came out. Uh, week five, Solo, interestingly, is overcome by Deadpool 2. Hmm. Uh, despite Deadpool 2 being the one that launched first, don't forget. So Deadpool 2 was holding much stronger. Yeah. Uh, and week 7 was the last time that Solo earned over a million dollars. But Disney <laughs> and theaters continued to drag the corpse of the film for another 10 goddamn weeks. Wow. Until it finally bowed out after week 17, earning domestically a total of $213 million. Which, by the way, is the lowest domestic for any Star Wars movie ever, 
Except I don't count that Clone Wars movie because that's not a fucking real movie. <laughs> the, the TV show movie, if people are like, what is he talking about? I wasn't right. talking about Attack of the Clones, even though that could be argued as not a real movie either. <laughs> that should have been a TV show movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, the next lowest Star Wars domestically, other to uh, two solos, two hundred and thirteen. By the way, is Empire's two hundred ninety. But and that was in nineteen eighty dollars, which, if you do the inflation uh, according to the calculator I used, came out to nine hundred million. <laughs> I, I, you folks at home can double check that math yourself. I don't know if you want to trust Matt's calculator. Well, it was an inflation calculator online. Oh well. Not my calculator. Okay, I thought you just had this random calculator that only used for inflation calculating. Yeah, I mean, it's like one of those kids' first calculator calculators. Like, each number makes an animal noise. Baby's first inflation. Yeah, baby's first inflation calculator. (laughs) Cuckoo, caca, I need to know how many dollars are going to inflate in 20 years. Uh, I've got a patent pending and a trademark on that for any of you listeners. Trying to get... (laughs) Trying to steal all my good ideas on here. Oops. So Solo's uh, uh, total worldwide, uh, because Star Wars actually doesn't do so hot internationally, uh, only came out to $393 million. So this movie failed worldwide to even cross 400. And uh, the, bi- the big issue with that is this, st- this movie had one hell of a budget. One big old honking budget. Steve, what kind of... If this budget was a woman, would you date this woman? Uh, I don't... That's a weird question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting you on the spot, Steve. Oh, boy. Uh, no, it's it's too... It's too much. That's too much woman. And before and before you say, how dare Steve not love the, the, the ch- chubby girls... Um, I want to point out that the budget of this movie is $275 million. Um, because as we'll get into, this movie was pretty much shot twice. The break-even, the the, the the reported break-even for this movie was at least, and I stressed at least, $500 million it had to make just to make break-even. And mm-hmm. so that means if that budget was a woman... She needs a forklift to get out of that house. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's a, that's a TLC woman right there. This is my 800-pound life. Is, is that the show, or is it seven? I think it's 600-pound. I don't know. They might change depending on... Uh, How big of a woman they find? Yeah, exactly. Or a man. It's a man, too. It's, a, it's their equal opportunity in the morbidly obese on TLC. They have some scruples over there. I really don't want to do this. How much that scale go up to? So when you need to make five hundred million dollars just to fucking be profitable, and you come up a hundred million short, I think you could say something went wrong. Oh yeah. So now, Steve, let me ask you the question: Why don't you like fat women? <laughs> oh god. I mean, what went wrong? Good luck, Han Solo. We'll have you flying in no time. All right, so. What went wrong with Solo, a Star Wars story? I think that's actually a good a good point right at the start. This the name Solo colon a Star Wars story. Like I feel like that that I don't know that annoys me because it's like clearly like there's like oh we got to make sure people know this is Solo or this is Star Wars. 
Because if it's just yeah. a solo, they might not know it's Han Solo. Because some of those youngins, I don't. Oh. That I don't. I didn't like that. I, I know like, you're not a Star like Wars fan, but for reference, they're just following what Rogue One started. Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Yeah, I don't like it there either. I feel like I feel like you should trust the fans to be intelligent enough to read a one sentence log line if they're gonna and. You know that the Star Wars fan base is gonna like know what the movie is. Completely agree. If you saw a trailer for Rogue One and it didn't say a Star Wars story underneath the title, you're gonna fucking know it's Star Wars. Right. And if you don't like, you'll insulting. either be interested in it or you, and you'll fu- figure it out, or that's probably not your movie. And I have some other points that this movie does as well that I, I may mention later if I remember, um, where the, it does the same thing. And that I feel like that's a problem in media in general is they treat us like idiots way too fucking much. Mm-hmm. Like we can't put shit together unless you like not only put it together in front of us and explain it, but then shove our faces in it afterwards. The interesting thing about this film is like the backstory, the back backstage, the behind the scenes drama Mm-hmm. As is many of these films that don't do well at the box office, it seems. Yeah, because, um, because Steve, we mentioned that they pretty much shot this whole movie twice. Yes. What's up with that? Well, so as you know, the original directors were two fellas called Lord and Miller. I don't know their first names, but I think it's that's, like I know one of them's Chris. That's all I remember. That's all I remember. Yeah, something like that. Um, and they. You know them from such things as... 21 Jump Street. 21 Jump Street, that's right. 22 Jump Street. Wait, I think they did. Uh, did they do that? They might have produced it. I don't know if they Claudia actually. with the Chance of Meatballs and the oh, Lego yeah. movie. And the Yeah, the Lego movie was the one I knew. Uh, I was going to say that, but you... I, th- I felt like you were looking stuff up, Steve. Well, I was doing that too, but I all Phil Lord and Christopher Miller. I want you know we got to give them their full names. They got well, everybody just calls them Lord and Miller. To be fair, well, yeah, no, it's good if you're a directing duo. It's probably easier to say Lord and Miller. But um, so they were hired to to make this, and if you've seen the Lego Movie, if you've seen any of their movies, really, um, they are very comedically inclined. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not surprising that like if they're wanting this to be kind of quirky, fun action, but like have some comedy, then these are good choice. Well, I don't. I'm curious as to like the process of of what they were like said. Here's what what you want, what we want you to do, versus like what they did or what they thought they were supposed to do, or if they. I don't know. It, it, there's so many. You're never gonna know the true story of like all the personalities involved in this. I mean, yeah. I like what I've some of the stuff I've read, and like again, this is all speculation. Is uh, is that Lucasfilm hired them because they wanted this film to have some comedy elements, right? But then Lord and Miller ended up making more of a Lord and Miller movie, which is more of a full-on comedy. And Lord and Miller like to do a lot of ab-libbing, and they weren't cool with that. In particular, uh, uh, Kasdan, who's, what's his first name? I think it's Lawrence. Lawrence, Lawrence Yeah, Lawrence Kasdan, uh, the screenwriter who wrote this with his son and is also a screenwriter of many other past Star Wars movies, famous screenwriter. Indiana Jones, I think he wrote too. Um, yeah. 
he was not cool with them improving and was demanding them supposedly to, to shoot scenes word for word from the script as he wrote it. He had screenplay credits on Empire and Return of the Jedi as well. Yes. So he's he's very much in the you know Star Wars uh, royalty. Oh, you, totally. I mean, if you will. L- Lawrence Kasdan definitely is somebody that that fans I think. I think that's why like a lot of people were excited about Lord and Miller, and then there's like Kasdan didn't like what they're doing, and I think people, a lot of fans like from what I read, were were torn on who to go with. Right. Because you know Lawrence Kasdan does have a lot of cred. I mean, the dude wrote Empire, so. But uh, supposedly, yeah, he he wasn't happy that they were ablibing a lot, and uh, they did supposedly kind of compromise by like shooting some word for word, and then also shooting some their own way. Uh, like, and then, but the, I also read a report that like there are some scenes they refused to like pretty much be pushed around on, and they even shot them with like minimal angles so that in editing Lucasfilm couldn't like just <laughs> try to fix it. Wow. Because I mean, editing you could like, for people that aren't really in the in the know, like you could really restructure a movie if you if you got for enough sure. material. Yeah, and if you have enough angles, I mean, even then, like Lucasfilm could do enough VFX where that like they could almost fix anything they wanted to. But um, yeah, I mean that's it's an interesting like I don't know I don't know I don't know who to who to side with even on this like because it's like they they should have known i think that like star wars is being the property that it is like they're more or less hired guns yeah and not like just given the keys to like do whatever they want mm-hmm. um but at the same time like I'm, I'm it's not unheard of for a writer to be like oh my words as written are the gold standard and if you change anything a pox on the like that happens too uh so i could see him being just pissed off that they're like changing anything that he wrote uh and then there's also the other factor of uh kathleen kennedy who is who oversees lucas films like yeah she's basically like oversees all of it now that george lucas is out of the picture right is that Mm -hmm. And there, I've, I, I, and like I said, I'm not really a big Star Wars fan as far as the newer stuff. And but from what I can tell, there's a bit of a, a divide on whether or not people think Kathleen Kennedy is good or bad for the overall franchise moving forward, the properties moving forward. I guess. Yeah. Is that a correct statement? The thing is, with Star Wars fans, there's always a divide. Sure. Because it's the most toxic fucking fan base in the world. Because <laughs> no, as I love to say, nobody hates Star Wars as much as Star Wars fans. That is that is the greatest point. I think that I should put that on a T-shirt. I think. But for those not keeping up, the reason we're talking about this, the Lord and Miller and, and these com- conflicts, is because the final movie is not directed by Lord and Miller. Lord and Miller were shot. For four four months, they were on production of this movie, and then before they were fired, and a new director came on to take over, 
is apparently they went on a hiatus for I think it was a pre-scheduled hiatus it sounded like and Kennedy and Kasdan and everyone started watching some of the footage the dailies as they call them in the biz uh, and they were appalled I think was the word I read Uh, strong word yes strong word uh, they were not happy with what they were seeing and promptly fired the two uh, at this point. And who, who do you want? I mean, people might know who the who they brought in, but do you have a a fun reveal for who they brought in to replace these two young, funny guys? I mean, there's nothing fun about it. It was just a, a very lame, disheartening choice. Because <laughs> they brought Ouch. in, they brought in uh, everyone's favorite child actor from the, what the eighties, seventies, seventies. Well, the Andy Griffith show was like what the fifties, sixties. Oh, I thought he was from Happy Days. No, he was both Andy Griffith oh. and Happy Days. He had a childhood and then like a teenage. Damn. Yeah. No, Old he's Ronnie was everywhere, huh? He was literally. He's just like never. His whole life in Hollywood. Ron but yes, Ron Howard is who we're talking about. For those of you just like, just say the fucking name. <laughs> just fucking uh, say I'm not a nerd like you. <laughs> um, yes, he... So, I mean, I go back and forth on if I, if I like Ron Howard that much as a filmmaker. Because um, I feel like sometimes his movies are a bit meh. But then I look at some of the movies he's made and I'm like, well, I don't know, maybe... Maybe I like him. Like I watched Apollo thirteen recently, uh, again, and I think I enjoyed it more since the last time I maybe watched it. I was a lot younger, so. I mean, I think Ron Howard is is like a hired gun kind of director. Like, I don't yeah, think he, for sure, he doesn't have like a vision, like a, a, a unique vision. He, like, yeah, he doesn't a have a, a like it. a discernible style. I would say. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. There's no, there's no like. He's not like uh, the easiest one to to use. For... You watched a Tarantino movie, you, yeah? You know Tarantino, Tarantino or what's his nuts with uh, all the pastels and four by three and like a Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson, that's the one. Yeah, uh, even he's like not like Nol- that. Even like a Nolan, you know, has a so- a style and a way he goes about things. Yeah, sure. But yeah, Ron Howard's very, very Brett Ratner. <laughs> <laughs> and just like he, he kind of just he's like a he's like a director that just blends into the background yeah and i mean that there's nothing inherently wrong with that and it no but I mean, it's, that's it's easily all it's TV very easy to like to say oh let's get ronald old ronnie howard who was friends with george lucas and almost directed episode one which don't think that would have turned anything much on that one to be honest I don't know if anyone, I don't know, like I don't know if anyone could have directed that, and it been a good movie. I see. I don't know. I kind of argue the other way. I think one of the reasons, and for all the the episode one is in the prequels in general are such a fucking mess, is because Lucas did not want to direct them, but no, everyone else was like too scared to get involved, probably because <laughs> they knew the pressure. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I. I mean, I agree that George Lucas should have not have made them, should not have directed them, or written most of any of the words he ever wrote for Star Wars, but or at least the dialogue. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just, just the, 
the core fundamentals to the story there. I don't know if that would have worked out. But fast forward 20 years later, roughly, and uh, Ron Howard gets his shot in the Star Wars universe. He finally did it, boys. He he, he lost sleep forever over, over not directing Phantom Menace. He was like, maybe I could have saved it. He's, I could have made Damn Jar Jar, Jar so much more likable. Damn it, Ronnie. Didn't you see Willow? So Howard, yes, Howard ends up taking over. They hire him. He shoots the remaining three and a half weeks that uh, Lord and Miller were supposed to shoot. And then they add an additional... Was it three and a half weeks or three and a half months? It was only three and a half weeks remaining? Yeah, that's what I read. Wow. Like, they were... Because, yeah, they they shot a good portion. Because there was something about, like, DGA rules on who gets director credit. And it's, like, 90%. If like ninety percent was shot of by one. I think one. I read some reports that said Lord and Miller shot like over eighty percent of the movie. Yeah, and it when I, they were kicked off. And I think he reshot which be one of the big reasons why they reshot so much of it, so that you know maybe for that Howard could get direct credit, or because well, they just don't like any of it. Well, what I saw was that technically they were still eligible for the credit. I heard that they made a deal to get executive producer credit in exchange for letting Ron Howard just have the director's credit solely. Yeah, I heard they screened it for him, but I mean, that also could be because how, like I said, he took over and shot three and a half weeks, but then they did an, another additional five weeks of reshoots. And yeah, so there's like no one, they won't say for sure, but there's, there's reports of people that have, you know, seen the movie and maybe have more, some more inside info. And lots of reports say that at least 70% of the final movie is Ron Howard. So that's a lot wow. of reshooting. That is a lot of reshooting. I'd be, I would love to see an alternate cut where they use most of their stuff. Oh, yeah. That, and I think lots of people have. But I think every time a movie comes out and you learn that another director almost did it or did do a lot of it, right. naturally people. like I mean, Justice League, everybody's like, oh, I want to see the Snyder version. Right. When Ant-Man came out, a lot of people were like, it was all right, but I would have loved to see Edgar Wright's version. Mm, sure. Well, and that, that'll probably, that'll never see the light of day unless, unless uh, Disney goes under and somebody else buys it up. A fan collective buys the Star Wars properties and then they can finally make the right Star Wars sequels, right? Am I right, guys? Yeah. And speaking half, of half of the, the internet is very enthused by that, and half is very angry. And speaking of the great divide in Star Wars fandom, when we uh, moving on past the drama of the directors, another thing that I believe is part of what went wrong with this movie is um, Last Jedi backlash. Boom, boom, boom! The big drama of the Star Wars world. Yeah, totally know about that stuff. Which uh which I find really funny because all the people who like boycotted this movie who are mad about The Last Jedi, a lot of those are the ones that are now crying like Solo's not that bad of a movie because <laughs> this movie like is the exact movie to appease all those fucking nostalgia bitches. That's right, I'm calling you nostalgia bitches. Oof. Who are out there being like, I just want to watch movies that have shit I know in them and nothing new that challenges my mind. I just want to see things I recognize where I could clap and go, yay, I remember that from yay. when I was a kid and I was still happy before so my life Hans, went to shit. Hans Dice, finally. Yeah, which even in the originals, Hans Dice like, weren't a thing. 
So it's like the same people that like boycotted this movie because they were mad at Solo are now the ones crying that Solo deserved better. So it's like, hey man, good job, you fucked yourself. Real hard. <laughs> Ugh. I mean, because Solo, like this is the movie that was made for them. It's like exactly what these whiny nostalgia fans want who love their fanfic. It plays just like their terrible fanfic would probably. <laughs> like if you like, if it was like the internet rates a Star Wars movie, this would be it. They're just like, let's reference everything. <laughs> It's like, oh my god, we gotta talk about how fucking Han found his gun. We gotta talk about how Han met Chewie. We gotta talk about how Han did the Kessel Run. We gotta talk about how Han did this and met Lando and did that and found his vest and got his last name because apparently that just wasn't his fucking name. Yeah, that. Let, let's talk about that for a second. Like, why couldn't that just be his name? Because this movie just couldn't let things be. That was so. That was so stupid. Like. And I love how it's just assigned to him by uh, not the, and not only that, but he didn't even say it. Like at right. least give Han that line. Yeah, you'd be think like uh, he's so badass. He like gave himself his name, but no, it's just some random Imperial Army recruiter guy. So, yeah. So what we're talking about is there's a scene in Solo when. He's signing up for the fucking military or whatever. And they're like, what's your name, kid? And he's like, uh, Han. And they're like, Han what? And he's like, oh, I don't know. I don't have a last name. The he's like, who are your people? And he's like, I don't have any people. And he's like, so then, yeah, he's like, yeah, he doesn't brood, have any brood, people. Brood. So the guy's like, hmm, well, I guess I'll call you Han Solo because you're all by yourself. <laughs> Get it? It's always so weird to me how, like, futuristic slash not futuristic the Star Wars universe can be. Because I know it's supposed to be, like, a long time ago in a galaxy far away or whatever. But then it's, like, everything's very technologically advanced. Like, they can travel through space, like, da-da-da. Like, I can go light years without anyone giving a damn. But yet, like, he's just arbitrarily assigned a last name. Like, some sort of guy who came over to the U.S. and, like the 1750s like there's not a better identity system i don't know just uh, things like that are always well i think star wars is always one thing that people like and especially the original trilogy is how much of like a of a gritty lived in universe it was you know it wasn't like all sleek and like super advanced that's one thing that i personally always liked about it why i didn't like stuff like star trek as much or i felt like it was Mm. more more sci-fi and less relatable everything was too clean but uh fair oh i don't know but so big i'm gonna address the big one of the big elephants in the room that uh a lot of people are are when they point at solo being terrible are, are i mean performing particularly terrible Right. Is they're going to blame this on Last Jedi being like, this was fan boycott from Last Jedi and then pissing off the Star Wars universe. And first of all, fuck off. That is bullshit. That is revisionist goddamn history. Because when this movie was announced before Last Jedi even came out, people were like, I don't want this movie. I don't need this movie. Han Solo is Harrison Ford. Simple as that. But then people are starting to rewrite that and act like oh we were down until you fucked up last jedi just as a way to blame last jedi and it's fucking stupid because this was fucking bullshit from the start (laughs) because this whole movie 
is just another example of why over-explaining shit is stupid and we don't need it. We don't we don't need to know why f- more about Boba Fett. Boba Fett's cool because we don't know a lot of Boba right. more. Fucking in in the new sequel trilogy, we don't need to know more about Snoke. Your stupid fan theories about Snoke are fucking stupid and nobody gives a shit. All right? They're stupid. This whole movie is like the midi-chlorians thing. Yeah, from we didn't need to know sequels. that. And, and, and I know you're not following this, Steve, but there's other people that are. They're like, ooh, I'm so mad because last year I killed Snoke. And we, our stupid fan theories never came true. Snoke didn't need any more fucking background. In the original Star Wars, nobody was bitching about, who. what's Palpatine's deal? He's just this big head that tells Vader what to do. I want to know his entire backstory. We didn't give a shit then. Because <laughs> the only point of Palpatine was that he was the bad guy who told Vader what to do. That's all you needed to know. And then when we finally did get Palpatine's fucking backstory, it was the prequels, and it was terrible. It Look was what you a, did to us! It was a long episode of C-SPAN. That's how we got Palpatine. Yeah, and except for you same people are now the ones that have been like, the prequels weren't so bad, well, your fucking face isn't that bad. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I don't know if that was insulting or complimenting these folks, but... Listen, yeah, he, I, I fucking hate prequel apologists, and I know a bunch of them are fucking kids these days, and the ones oh that aren't no. kids deserve to slap themselves. What? Are, who? Like, I don't, I don't understand how anyone watches those and just doesn't think these are boring as all hell. Yeah, they're not good, and I get it. People love nostalgia. They liked them when they were a kid. I liked them when I was a kid. I was stupid. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I remember seeing episode one and be like, "All right, pod racing. That was cool." Yeah, played the N sixty four pod racing game. Yeah, wow, Darth Maul sure was cool, was he? That he double-sided cool. light, lightsaber was fun. Yeah, but he has, he's literally, that's it. His <laughs> his purpose is to sell you a double-bladed lightsaber. He has Which no I character. had. Star Wars Episode One doesn't, Phantom Mess doesn't even have a main character. Watch that movie and tell me who the fuck is the main character of this that's movie. That's a good point. I, I don't, I'm not going to do that, but uh, I'll just I'll trust your judgment on that one. And, uh, and not, not only that, it's completely pointless. If you started the prequels at Attack of the Clones, that's all you need to know. Nothing in fucking new in fucking Phantom Menace matters. Yeah. Like you start on Attack of the Clones, you introduce Anakin as like this fucking whiny ass Padawan who has his head in the clouds and thinks he deserves to be better than where he is, mm. and he's pining after this girl that he's supposed to be watching, but he can't like her because that's not allowed. Literally, that's all we need to know. We but who's to know gonna make C three PO? Oh yeah, I forgot. We don't have C three PO's backstory because <laughs> we gotta over explain everything, right, Han? And everyone has to be connected to everyone else in every single way possible. Yeah. It's like, like C three PO couldn't have just been a normal droid. He had to been made by for no reason that doesn't factor into anything else down the line that he was made by Anakin Skywalker. It's just like cool. And part of that is Empire's fault. Because Empire turned, you know, like the boy from nowhere into like, oh no, you're actually like the chosen prince all, all, all along and related to the bad guy. Which at the time was a really cool twist. And that's the problem is that people people decided that Star Wars needs to be about these twists and these connections. And mm. Last Jedi tried to be like, that's not what Star Wars is. We're trying to remind you of what Star Wars is originally. And people were like, no. Just like Vader in Revenge of the Sith. Actually, Luke was the one that. Oh wait, no, you're right. You're talking yeah, about when he when he walks out of this in the suit <laughs> and has the just the the worst line delivery of James Earl Jones' career. I think. 
It's just, I don't know. It's just, and all, all, the, all these fucking people that love the prequels and, and just want the same shit shoveled in the face. I don't. I, I, I'm genuinely surprised that there's a thing that of people that love the prequels. I thought those were universally disliked. Oh by no, not anymore. There's a huge everyone. There's a huge prequels aren't that bad movement, and they're the same oh, people no. that think Rogue One is one of the coolest Star Wars movies ever because it did nothing new and it was just completely set in nostalgia. They're the same ones that at first were mad that Force Awakens didn't try something new, and now they think Force Awakens is amazing because Last Jedi did try something new, and that scared them. Uh, and, and and now they're, they're the same people. And then you go, all oh, you want's the same fucking thing. Like, wh- like why is the prequels good? And they're like, that's just how I feel. <laughs> I, I just think they're good, and that's just how I feel. And it's like bullshit because you're the same type of people that probably get mad when people use that defense and fucking political arguments. And they're like, sorry, that's just how I feel. I feel like you know, fucking, you know, fuck immigrants. That's just how I feel. I can't change my mind. I don't care, you know, I'm like, fuck the environment, I don't give a fuck, you know, I don't care about your science, that's just how I feel, but you know, when it comes to Star Wars, that's just how I feel. Well, it is inherently something that's, you know, entertainment, so, like, if people are just like, oh, you know, I really like that thing. I just want to watch I mean, the same thing over and It is and over a cop-out. That's just it how total, I feel. It is a cop-out, but... Plus, those fucking prequel lightsaber fights sure were cool. Well, that flipping around there did pretty cool. Amazing, it like no two guys fucking going at it in a rave, man. I love it. <laughs> Maybe that's that's what's needed. Just like drop some acid or some shrooms or something and watch the episode one. Yeah, man. I might. Fucking that might help. Throwing throwing Yoda's fight with Dooku where they're flipping around. And you're like, why are you fucking? That seems like a terrible fighting strategy. <laughs> Especially with just like a giant fire sword like thing that could just literally cut your limb off yeah, like no, butter no, nothing says revealing your flanks like flipping over people and <laughs> flipping around uh well we've gotten off into the weeds of yeah and i just uh, and tatooine i don't know yeah tatooine doesn't have weeds you fucking yeah fucking son of a bitch it's uh, a desert I'm curious then and to this end because uh, the the latest Star Wars trailer just came out like a week ago, week or two ago. Or, the, uh, or, when, or probably not because this probably won't be out. Well, whenever oh, it was a week from us recording this in late April, but uh, the the latest Star Wars trailer has been amongst the peoples now as you as you listen to this, and from my very outsider perspective. It's seemingly like they're going to try to appease those people who were who were complaining about the last Jedi and love the prequels. Is that is that a fair guess as to what's going on there with like JJ Abrams coming yes. back and the Emperor coming back? Yes. Lando um, coming back. Right, right, Lando. Showing um, shots that like blatantly undo uh character development they tried to do in Last Jedi. Oh, all uh, right. I think that's that's a big aftermath of this movie. Is that so? You think the performance of this one shook them, shook their boots a little enough to I be like? I think between right. Last Jedi and and the toxic fan base side that decided to throw a fit, and then people half boycotting, half not caring about this movie. Because that's the thing. Like, I think people did boycott this because of. Uh, last jedi to a degree but i also think there's a huge part of people that already weren't not gonna see this movie 
because there's yeah. already a huge thing of like this is stupid i don't want to see young han solo um so i think disney is buckling and being fucking pussies and you know letting these people just dictate what they what they're gonna do and jj abrams decided to be to go force awakens on it again and just double back down on the nostalgia at least that's what the trailer did says to me and it's very disappointing but I'm sure everybody will love it, all the, at least all the terrible people, because they could clap again and be like, oh, I remember when I was a child once more. I just want to be a man baby forever. Well, that and that, that's a good point, because I think that's the problem with what happened with Star Wars, is the original trilogy, even the original movie, came out so long ago in retrospect that like, or no, and the, there was such a separation in time between... The original trilogy and then like when anything else new was created for it that it just became like it became so revered and like it became like this religious thing to these people who had grown up with it and even like second generation third generation down the line of people watching these movies that now it's just like anything new is going to be met with such resistance from this like huge this long time frame of just people building it up to be what they think it should be as opposed to like what it maybe is or what they want to direction they want to take it in and that's the huge thing is like as, as angry as i sound like i am a huge star wars fan i love star wars um you know and i but even though there's so many terrible toxic fans now but it's like that's the thing it's like you could have a reverence for something but you also need to be honest with yourself you know, as, as you do in all aspects of life and be able to like step back and give something an, uh, an honest look. Like, honestly, I talk a lot of shit about the prequels. So I still watch them every now and then because, I, I mean, I, I did enjoy them as a kid. I do think there's some ideas that Lucas had that were really good. He completely failed to deliver on them. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying is you got to be able to honestly be like, yeah, look, they're not that great. They're not good. But for i mean for a variety of technical reasons like not not even just like opinion reasons they're just right but because and i don't even entirely blame lucas because he did not want to make those movies he didn't want to direct them at least but no one else would take it over for him and at this point it had been so long like you said people were so scared that no one was going to challenge him like if anybody knows george lucas you know that the original star wars Mm. his original ideas were very different than what we got because he actually had people being like listen George you got some good ideas and you got some shit ideas and we're going to wade through it together and we're going to get the best from it and he and also, did not like, have that, that with the prequels yeah and that first film was like a risk and a and he had to really struggle through to make it in like a lot of different ways and there's a lot more adversity in it as opposed to just being able to open up the piggy bank and make whatever he wanted for the prequels where you, you're almost kind of at a disadvantage there where it's just like, Oh, I'm going to, I can do whatever I want and there's no resistance. And it's like, you can just be lazy. And that's oh, how we end up with Jar Jar Binks. I mean, lazy is, if you've seen any behind the footage, behind the, behind the scenes footage is, is the, the easiest way to sum it up. I mean, it's like George Lucas sitting in a chair, staring at green screen, like, <laughs> It's like it would be like me writing a book by sitting on my couch and dictating to like a fucking monkey. <laughs> typing on a tape waiter. Like, what do you got? Sounds good. That's next chapter. The dialogue might have been slightly better than George Lucas's though. <laughs> Let's be real. 
Well, the monkey did uh, go to art school, so. Oh, wow. So, okay, so we went on this long Star Wars tangent now, but now to kind of wrangle it back to what we're actually talking about in Solo itself and reasons why Solo uh, didn't do well, other than this huge drama of just what Star Wars has become in general and the fandom and the backlash and blah, 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 blah. uh, I think it's also important to point out that uh, I believe a reason that what went wrong with this movie is that this movie as itself, not even acknowledging all the other elements affecting it, is not a good movie. Yeah, I, I agree. I think even the director swap out like just the whole concept and the purpose of the film is just unnecessary i don't think it would have been good either way maybe it might have been more fun if lord and miller would have been allowed to like do their thing um but it's still like i don't know just the story the the whole concept is just completely unnecessary yeah, I mean, it, it, like I said, this movie uses callbacks as as plot points. It's right. It's not a plot when you like, all you do is you like they scrolled through all the old trilogy and any mention of Han Solo's like casual mentions. They're like, okay, these are the plot points that we're gonna hit in this movie, and uh, and not even talking about the plot for a minute. Throw that aside. This movie shot like shit. I don't know but. if you noticed this, but it stood out huge to me when I saw it in theaters. Which, uh, for reference, I have not seen this movie since theaters, and Steve's watched it more recently. Yesterday, to be exact. Um, but the, like the, especially the first half of this movie was so fucking dark, not moody. You know, I honestly thought like I had to adjust my TV at one point in the first scenes when they're in like the sewer place. I was like. I never like I never have to tweak my TV when I watch something. And granted, I was watching it in the middle of the afternoon, which is not as common. But like, I didn't have the windows like wide open. And I did. It did seem kind of dark to me, where I thought for a second that I needed to reset my TV. So maybe I was not. I like not crazy. even joking. I when I saw it in theaters, I thought the projectionist had fucked up until. <laughs> There's no projectionist anymore. <laughs> I know until like, uh, but I've heard stories about like people them leaving like a lens, like some type of filter cap on where it like so it's like the movie's darker than it's supposed to be. Oh sure. So I was like, oh man, did they do something wrong? But then I read online of other people complaining how dark it was, and I was like, no, this is shot like shit. It's just a murky, dark ass movie. It's like the well, grips, the grips forgot to turn the set lights on, and no one fucking well, noticed. There's a lot of things wrong with that statement, but uh, <laughs> Sorry, the... it's not the grips. Uh, well, and even then, like, they could have fixed that in posts. They could have brightened things up, even especially for, like, the home delivery of, like, video on demand or whatever. But that's a... I did read something about the DP wanting to shoot on these, like, uh, old lenses. And so they... He got this set of lenses, and they, like, took off some of the... Um, you can put, like anti-glare film like different things coatings on lenses and they took off some of the coatings so they could have this like gritty imperfect look or something which i don't i don't know if that really played out in the final i mean it definitely looked gritty but that doesn't which which i didn't like because it makes it look murky but then that, that doesn't really explain why they fucking forgot to put a light in some people's faces like there's <laughs> a scene when they're in the desert and it's like in daytime and there's a shot when like you can't even like see like Woody Harrelson's nose or like the contours of his, of his face <laughs> because it's so dark because he's just like completely blacked out and it's daylight. Mm. 
it's, it's just very poorly shot and I you know that's hard to defend like I mean you a lot of people probably don't care right yeah I knew who was talking about it was like from like a, a filmmaking standard it's why yeah you would think that would be something that would be easy to uh, to nail on a $250 million film but you know it's especially when you have uh, turmoil or and or a lot of uh, a lot of shooting if they're if Lord and Miller were actually like doing the scripted version and then improv like that's got to be taxing on everybody actors crew like to be shooting st- and then then just think about having to do all of that stuff over again like imagine how awful that had to have been to like have to reshoot so much of this just on everyone to have to like do all that stuff over especially the actors maybe that's why they some of them weren't weren't really all that impressive they're just like ugh, he did this scene once gave it my all on that one i'm just gonna phone it in and and i feel like i, I kind of undersold my point when i'm talking about you know why this movie's not good in the in that it you know doesn't really have a plot because again i'm going to stress it's like a plot like the spine of this movie's plot is just like callbacks and it's so that makes this movie like completely like fucking pointless it's it's like vapid there's nothing there it has no substance like things this movie does all right because if you know han solo we it uh it does the kessel run because oh my god of course it had to right right Han Solo mentioned the Kessel Run. They got to do it. And not only do they do the Kessel Run, they turn it into like this gigantic bombastic thing and the fucking space squid. And it's like, wow, this was like... Yeah, what was that about? Han Solo did not make it sound this complicated. The space squid that they just killed for no reason, I guess. And then they got to have Lando in it, who um, Donald Glover plays. And they even have the... They they even fucking had to over explain why billy d williams always said han's name wrong in empire which annoyed the shit out of me it's like oh right (laughs) i know because in empire billy d williams lando always said han instead of han and i never like it's just like something he did and so in this movie of course they have to explain why he does that because which is like fucking whatever let's explain everything uh he had they had to say how he got his gun he got his gets his gun from woody harrelson Who's his mentor? So it's like, well, look, see, the gun has sentimental value. Why does everything have to have a fucking origin? Yeah, it I don't know. Crazy. That didn't seem that sentimental either. That scene was very just like, oh, I'm going to disassemble this rifle and turn it into a blaster, and then here you go. Yeah, now, now it's yours. And it's like, everybody, most of their items, like military guys don't have a history behind them. They fucking bought their guns or at the mm. store. Their gun got handed, like, given to them from the military. Like, there's not not everything like i don't need to know why this dude got his pants i assume he went to the fucking pants store right i was surprised we didn't get like a collection of his vests right to... what we did get though his vest was, was like a... handed down to him from his dead father it's the only thing right yeah by. like oh my father wore these vests it's not at all just a callback to the 70s costume design that was for the original star wars but well the, the thing we did get though in in spades was uh lando's capes we had to be make sure that to know that Lando just wasn't wearing a cape that one time in Empire. That's all he wears, and he has an excessive amount of specialty capes. 
Yeah, apparently capes are are a large part of his character because this movie doesn't know how to actually do anything itself, so it just leans on stuff. <laughs> just like, oh, what do we do for Lando? I was like, oh, he wears a cape. Yeah, what if he That's loves pretty stylish? Capes? What if he just what if has he also, a lot what if of he capes? Also, what if he also fucks a robot? <laughs> what was that? What, what was that you said in the back? I said, what if he fucks a robot? I thought that's what you said. I love it. Let's do it. <laughs> well, we can't. It was only PG-13, so we can't say it explicitly, but we'll just heavily imply it sort of confusingly. What kind of robot? Like a sassy black feminist robot. Ooh, I like where you're at with this. Yeah, like a social <laughs> justice warrior, but like as a robot. <laughs> it really was. It was like they turned the script over to a gender studies grad student and said, here, <laughs> have a pass and give us a character. God. And, and for the record, that character is L3, a droid, and I think, I think hands down, one of the worst characters since Jar Jar. Yeah, it's definitely in the in the running there with the. Uh, it's at least not as obnoxious sounding, like in voice and tone. Like just Jar Jar just had that irritating, racist. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, it's like they, they just went like. Uh, God, there's at least like coherent sentences and not like broken English t- speaking in the third person. Elther is a, was a terrible character. When she died, I didn't feel any sympathy. I just said, thank God that's over. And then they had the audacity to put L3's conscious into this Millennium Falcon just so they could explain that one time in C-3PO, fucking he mentioned that the ship communicated in a weird dialect. That was I, and I didn't realize that was a thing until you had mentioned that because I completely forgot about that. Like I, I figured that was there was some sort of reference they were connecting to, but like I didn't realize it was just that one line from was it was it the first? It's Star literally Wars? like a throwaway like, line in Empire. Yeah. Empire, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was an Empire. Okay. Yeah. It was just like, uh, cool. I guess we really needed that that origin story. Yeah. Because everything, like, this, all this movie has nothing going for it. It just is like, hey, let's over-explain stuff. It even is like, hey, let's have a, a line that explains why Han calls him Chewie. Like, oh, my God. His, his name's Chewbacca. We get it. Yeah, no. We fucking no. get it. Oh, I love it. It's like, oh, we'll have to come up with a nickname for you because I'm not saying that every time. It's like, is Chewbacca really that hard to say, like, repeatedly? Like, and, like, also, is shortening it to Chewie need an explanation? Do I walk around telling everyone why I call you Steve and not right. Steven? Yeah, it's like, do I say why you're Matt and not Matthias? Like, it's just, exactly. it's, not a, it's not how that works. There's No one says those things out loud unless they're in a, a really badly written movie that has to over-explain everything. And can we talk about Chewie for a second, though, too? That was, a, that was another interesting point of his origin story. Oh, yeah. You like that? That was like... I was like... When they said... So he gets captured doing... Han. What, oh. Han he gets, gets like He gets captured and tossed into a pit for some reason. Han does. Because he's trying to... What was, he, what was he trying to do? Leave the army? He's trying to join Woody Harrelson and his gang of... Uh, misfits. Smugglers. Misfits, smugglers, whatever. And they turn him over to the Empire and say he's trying to... What's the term? What am I What am I thinking of the term? Go AWOL, yeah. I guess. Uh, so, like, throw, feed him to the beast or the creature or whatever. And so they throw him in a pit, and I thought that this was going to be, like, a reference to 
Return of the Jedi with the um, Rancor. That yeah, the, that thing. Uh, but no, it turns out it's just Chewie in a in a cave covered in mud, wearing a chain, and it's connected to Han's leg, and they fight. And but my question is just like, so Chewie would eat people? Is that is that what we're going with? Like Chewie was had developed a taste for human flesh, or do they call them humans in Star Wars? What do they even call? I mean, I, I think they're human. Yeah. Eh, whatever. But so he was just like this monster in a cave that I guess would eat people and you know tear their arms off, which we got plenty of those references as well. Uh, um, but then he they he figures out, hey, we can team up and escape, and because uh, Han apparently speaks Wookie. Yeah, you know, he decided Fluently. to take Wookiee when he was in high school. Oh, wait, he was And he's, he actually speaks some of it, though, in this. He actually makes the sounds, and they have subtitles for that, like, one... Well, there's one few lines, and then the rest of the time, he just says things in English, and Chewie understands. Off off the cuff, I, I feel like if we're, like, pointing stuff out about... I feel like that was a Lord and, Lord and Miller moment. Like, when, Could he's, be. when he's actually, like, makes the Wookiee sounds back to... Chewy. Mm-hmm. That seemed like very Lord. I bet that was from their some of their footage. And that might have worked in the larger scheme of more comedic take. In that instance, it was just kind of like, huh, that was kind of silly. Though very though, as you're saying though, very I did find it really kind of um, fucked up that you know it's like, oh yeah, here's our introduction to Chewy, and yeah, apparently Chewy he has tasted the flesh of man, <laughs> and then he's just like cool with tagging along and also is a pilot somehow and knows how to pilot the Millennium Falcon very easily. Also, that's the other thing. Like Han Solo's big thing is like, I'm going to be a pilot. And like, how did he actually become that good at flying a ship when all he did was like hot wire little like to be fair car things. He did spend three years in the, in the army and he was i think it mentions that he tries to be a, he joins up with the pilots and he gets kicked out to like the infantry. oh yeah he does say that because he had his own mind or speak my own yeah. mind or so something. he probably so he had training because he's a rebel see he didn't get that yeah and that's too is like he he's yeah. an outlaw which he should have got kicked out for having his own mind but not not right. for having a good heart it should be about for one to do shit his own way yeah that's Han Solo. But, you know, as much as I give this movie crap for um, uh, just, like, force-feeding, like, uh, like just finding all the old references, I I am shocked that it didn't work in fucking Boba Fett, Jabba the Hutt, or Greedo. You know, I honestly expected Jabba the Hutt to be, like, the, the Paul Bettany's character, or that, like, fill that role of the story. Oh, yeah. To some extent. I was like, I was all ready for some more Jabba the Hut and that little little giggly creature that hangs out with him. I was I was all on board for that. A little salacious crumb. Yes, right. Of course. Yeah. How they uh, all have names. How uh, I mean, like for all the other stuff that's like, of course it was in it. Like Kessel Run, you know, meeting Chewie, uh, getting the Falcon. Like it's surprising that Jabba wasn't the bad guy. Like that seemed right up there with all the other ones that like easy fucking lazy pick yeah that that seemed 
and they they reference him at the end and at different points and that's like sort of where they're heading at the end to yeah. I feel like the only reason they stayed, none of those characters were in this movie is because they were planning more of these. Ah, I could I could see that. So as we so as we mentioned, like not only like are all those reasons why reasons why this movie itself is bad, but this movie fundamentally fails, I believe, to even encapsulate Han Solo. Like we mentioned, it doesn't it doesn't show us that that rogue who shot Greedo first, you know, that mm-hmm. we fucking first met. He was, he like already. Well, because if you met him in the late 90s, he didn't shoot Greedo first. That's so. true. <laughs> fucking George Lucas. But it's like, I don't know. I just, it, it, they fucking didn't realize. It's like the whole point is like, and I think that's my big beef with this movie is this movie did Han Solo so poorly that part of me feels like, I honestly think I would have enjoyed this movie if it wasn't about Han Solo. If this was just about some other smugglers in the Star Wars universe, mm. I would have enjoyed it so much more. It, but instead, they wasted their time trying to force-feed Han Solo into this adventure and just like doing all the stupid bullshit points and just trying to show us a character that not only did we not need to see, but they did it wrongly. Like, if this would have just been an original movie about some other smugglers, kind of like Rogue One was, just just you know actually with a plot all its own i think this would have been a much more enjoyable movie because i would like to see more movies that just happen to take place in the star wars universe but well and they to their credit this was like the first star wars movie that didn't have anyone who was a skywalker or connected to the skywalker family and they were so close to being the first movie star wars movie that didn't have a fucking lightsaber in it they were so oh that's right very close so, Oof, because I don't was... care about spoiling things for you because <laughs> it's stupid. The very end of this movie, you find out that uh, the 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 crime lord boss that Han Solo's love interest in, is secretly working for is none other than everybody's favorite villain, Darth Maul, back from the dead with robot legs. And he appears oh, in a hologram right at the end of the movie. And uh, just when you thought, oh, wow, I can't believe they did a whole movie without showing a lightsaber. They not only bring a Sith in, but they have him ignite his lightsaber. <laughs> because for some reason, he really wants to make a point. And even though he's a hologram, he decides to threaten somebody with an ignited lightsaber. <laughs> so it'd be like me like fucking posting a video of me pointing a gun in Snapchat and sending it to somebody who pissed me off. Right, yeah. Yeah, I look real badass. No, you look like a fucking fool. Also, a quick point. What the fuck up? Like, this is another re- like point where they just like broke Star Wars um, rules just to try to do like a cool shot, cool shot in quotes, because holograms in Star Wars are like always like just blue. Like that's the only color they come in. Right. But then for some reason, and and, and Maul is blue as I recall. But then for some reason, when he ignites his lightsaber, it's red. Because oh, uh, I think you're. Uh, I don't know if he was blue the whole time, was he? I'm trying to remember. I feel like he. I. I feel like his face was in color the whole time, just because. I think they were afraid to. Uh, people wouldn't know who he was if you couldn't see. I think. His I think this black is a, and red face. I think this is a case again, of them holding our fucking hand and feeling mm-hmm. like, well, if he doesn't ignite his lightsaber and we don't see that it's red, people won't know who he is. Because our audience is stupid. 
they I, they should just know by now that Star Wars fans are going to be like combing over every single little detail at some point and they're going to figure this shit out. Like I don't know why they they appeal to the lowest common denominator. And if, I don't know. And I know all these fans are like the reason it's Darth Maul is because it connects just to the Clone Wars the TV show. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit about <laughs> the Clone Wars TV show, okay? I don't give a shit. It's Wait, not a good this, show. Does this take place after episode 1 in the timeline? What? The Phantom Menace? Yeah. Well, yeah. Anakin was a tiny baby in Phantom Menace, pretty much. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just confusing my Skywalkers there for a second. Um, okay, so he would have his robot legs that he has in the Clone Wars, right? And that's the, yes. That's the thing there. Okay. And uh, my final nitpick about this movie and, and why this movie also just doesn't make sense is, like, they weren't is the train scene so there's there's a scene in this movie when they have this cool train heist and i admit it's a cool scene like they got to steal like fuel or some shit from this like crazy fucking i like the I, I thought the train was cool like in its concept it was like the way it maneuvered and the way it was designed i thought yeah. that was kind of cool and here's the thing it's like but and this is just more of a fun nitpick but it's like why the fuck is there a train in the star wars universe like why are they moving stuff via train <laughs> When they have <laughs> spaceships. That is a great point, because clearly it's not like, oh, it's so heavy, they can't use spaceships. Like, they're about to steal one of these train cars with a spaceship. Yeah, and also they have spaceships the size of fucking goddamn skyscrapers. I think you yeah, can fit the cargo in there. <laughs> but it's like, uh, we got to move this cargo. Let's put it in a train. Why don't we just fucking fly it to the other end of the planet? It would be so much quicker. Because we built this cool train, we're going to use it, damn it. Yeah, I don't, they must have had a high-speed rail subsidy in that planet. And they're just like, fuck it. Put it through the mountains. Give it some roller coaster-esque turns. So everyone, everyone has to wear magnet boots to walk on the outside. Oh, he does. So we mentioned the you uh, shoot first thing. Um, I guess at the end, when, spoiler alert, he kills Woody Harrelson, uh, you could say, like, that was a shoot first moment because he just Woody Harrelson's like I'm about to tell you the most important thing you'll ever hear and then he just Honda shoots him in the chest and then like quickly goes over to hold his hand and hold him as he dies oh yeah you're right so it's kind of like a look Han does shoot first he's like kid that was the smartest thing you've ever done that's that's my Woody Harrelson voice um and and then Amelia Clark flies away because she's the bad guy that everyone knew she was going to be uh yeah we that's about uh, whatever just go watch it it's on netflix for now or don't or don't yeah or you could i'm gonna piss some people off here you could go watch the superior star wars movie the last jedi oh shots fired matt shot first there folks who are your people i don't have people I'm alone. Um. Solo. So we've talked about uh, reasons that this movie uh, we believe failed. Um, and now that we know it has failed, we're going to briefly touch on the, the aftershocks, the aftermath, the repercussions of this movie. Yeah. Um, the big, uh, I mean... The big thing 
one I, I believe we already touched on briefly earlier is that uh, Lucasfilm appears to be doubling down and just trying to fucking please all you terrible toxic fans that just want the same old shit shoved down your throat. Uh, as we talked about, as we now have uh, the trailer out for the new next Star Wars movie, and it seems to be kind of going back to just giving us nostalgia and things that remind us of what the old movies were without challenging us in any new ways or actually trying to invoke the original feeling instead of they just give us the fucking visuals. So thanks a lot for that, you assholes. Like, <laughs> um, so I think that's one of the big after aftermath effects of this movie. And another one that's questionable is a lot of articles came out after this movie that uh, all the other Star Wars spinoffs have kind of been temporarily canceled or, or I mean, are canceled or temporarily shelved, and as they like reassess what they want to do. Right. I did. I remember hearing that as well. And I think, I mean, I think in a way you have to. I mean. 2015 Force Awakens comes out the first Star Wars movie in, in uh, 10, 10 years Revenge of the Sith 20, 20, 2005? 2005 yeah I think it was so I mean and then you fire off three in a row boom 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 all of them huge you know big successes money wise and then Solo already bam first time ever Star Wars movies bombed I think like for better or worse, I think as a, as a company, you gotta like pump your brakes and be like, "Oop, did we fuck up? Right? Did we go too hard, too fast, too quick?" Which I, I think yes is a. I don't. I I feel like there, there's the temptation for Lucasfilm and Disney, to be like, "Oh, let's just fucking churn out as many things as we can and ride this cash cow." to the gravy train bank and here's and uh but i I think less is more like if you leave some anticipation like i don't know like you look at all that time between return of the jedi and episode one and like how much like fervor there was for that movie to come out and then revenge of the sith and force awaken same thing yeah exactly there's such a fervor for another star wars movie and i think if you just keep pumping out all this other ancillary content and just launching like, oh we're gonna do this and this and this i think you're just gonna you're gonna fatigue people and or like dilute the brand and kind of lose some of that mystique um i i get that point as a fan i don't entirely agree i do want to point out that i think disney is trying to turn star wars into marvel because marvel does three three movies a year and uh, but the, I think the huge difference is Marvel has a gigantic cast of characters. Right. It's, it's different than you know, like Star Wars. But I believe Star Wars can be that, but they're not approaching it correctly. Like as a fan, one movie a year isn't going to burn me out if they're good movies. Like I don't, I'm not burnt out. I just don't want shitty movies. As a sure, but I, I do think I understand the casual audience probably isn't gonna probably hang on as much because i don't even though star wars is 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 popular and is pop culture it doesn't quite have that casual appeal that marvel has yeah i would agree because i think with star wars it's it's like oh luke skywalker and darth vader 
is what you think of. Yeah. And like nobody else gets into the weeds. Whereas like with Marvel, you can, everything kind of lives on its own of like Iron Man and Spider-Man and yeah, because they they the different are characters characters yeah, that they have, have their own things. Yeah, they have tons of history by themselves, and it's they have their own world, their own stories, and you know this fucking Lucasfilm can even give Han Solo his own story. It was just all fucking callback, right? So it's obviously, like completely like if you don't have any, if you had no idea of who Han Solo was from the other movies, this movie would have just been like, I don't even know. I don't even know what you what you would view this movie like how you would see this movie if you didn't know a thing about han solo you know that's a really great point that i never never thought of like i, I would love to take somebody who's who's never seen star wars and like this is the only star wars movie they've seen right because they'd be like i don't i don't get it why do i care about this like oh he he was given this fucking dice okay <laughs> right they would really be hung up on the dice. I think the dice is really the, the big thing there. Like, what's what's up with this? What's up with this dude in capes? Like, what? <laughs> why, why is he like this guy in capes? Like, what is? I don't get what's going on. What is the significance of all these things? And also, is it like why did why did the, why did Lando need to cheat in the card game? I don't because he's that. he's a scoundrel. Oh, I guess that's right. He does he does turncoat them in Empire, doesn't he? Hmm. Well, so uh, Steve, do you think uh, you think uh, this is movie's going to affect anybody's careers, particularly uh, our our lead, old Alden Ehrenreich? Um, I don't know. I don't think. Oh, his sorry, his photo on uh, on the numbers profile is like really bad. It looks like a mugshot. Um. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if this will necessarily hurt his career, but I don't know if it necessarily is going to help him. If he's going to do anything. Yeah, that's the thing is, a lot of the movies we've covered in the past have been, there's been more distance. So it's for when we talk about the aftermath, it's easier to kind right. of see what happened because, you know. And this one just coming out last year, it's hard to still see the full aftermath of this movie being so recent. Like we said, there are reports that they they were planning supposedly a Boba Fett movie that James Manigold was gonna direct, and uh, a Obi Wan spinoff movie was being talked uh, about, and those have all went silent now. Neither of those which need to be made, I would say. They're exactly. Again, they're just- over explaining and they've already over explained obi-wan to death like how much more can you possibly do to him yeah and and i mean it's they both are going to suffer from the same thing as as solo this movie just they're going to be a bunch of callbacks and and just explaining like i love boba fett and i think there's a way you could do a cool boba fett movie but it's not what they're going to do because they're just going to explain everything and that's what you don't need about boba fett if you want to make a cool boba fett movie you do like a Judge Dredd type movie where it's just like all action and and we still, when the time Boba Fett movie ends, we still don't know any of his fucking origin because we don't right. need it. But we already know his origin. His, oh yeah, that's right. They already from the prequels. <laughs> we saw him as a child. Nothing takes the edge off a killer more than seeing him as a fucking child. Thanks yeah. a lot, George Lucas. Anakin, Boba Fett. 
that poster was cool though where it was like anakin but his shadow was darth vader's silhouette that was like the only but the only good thing it's all worth that. it for that poster it's just that poster um yeah so I, I mean honestly that's kind of it might be good for the star wars brand that this movie didn't do so well and they pumped the brakes on those because maybe it'll make them reevaluate and take a more i don't know that's the thing i don't I don't see them taking an aggressive turn anywhere to try something new well, because, because of backlash they've been getting or until like Kathleen Kennedy is gone and like some of the old guard of Lucasfilm or go away and they, they get some people in there with a fresh perspective and a fresh, uh, you know, they want to try something different, maybe dive into the millions of Star Wars books out there and all that stuff. So I don't know if you're aware of all this, um, but there are still two plans firmly on the table. Uh, they're, they have two separate trilogies. They've they, they've tentatively greenlit um, one to Ryan Johnson, who's the director who did Last Jedi. That right. so a lot of fans are immediately like, I hope they take that away from him. He doesn't deserve it. Um, and then uh, the 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 duo whose name escapes me but the guys who do game of thrones they are also going to oh, get their yeah. own star wars trilogy i and, did hear that but the big thing point. here is that these are not the anthology films these are actually like these two are given like are being given their own trilogy to tell all a whole like new original star wars fucking story not just a spin off about some fucking you know random one shot story like rogue one and and solo war yeah like the lando prequel where it's just real sexy you know uh there's reports that before this movie came out that lando's a pansexual oh yeah that's right i think i did hear that so in some what was what was the origin of that i i believe it's pretty much just um the report the screenwriters try not to get in trouble <laughs> Because it all stemmed, you know, from like those bullshit questions interviewers will ask him. We'd be like, "Hey, hey, Lawrence Kasdan, uh, is is Lando a pansexual? You think he could be a pansexual?" And they're like, "Oh, fucking sure, why not? I don't know." <laughs> they give it the old and then people, J.K. Rowling know, treatment. Yeah, then oh yeah, Dumbledore was gay. It. And like uh, Lando Calrissian, pansexual, has sex with anything, including robots. <laughs> right. That's uh, that well, that's that's just what I was wanting from that. But yeah, let's have a whole movie about Lando and his pansexuality. There you go. Steve's first in line for that movie. The whole thing wow. is just about capes and orgies. Capes and orgies. It's a, uh, it's like Caligula set in space. Ooh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, let's start writing this. Let's send it. Send <laughs> we'll it send to this Kathleen. to Kathleen Kennedy and quickly get a restraining order. Cadet Solo, still can't decide if you're brave or stupid. Well, I'd like to think of a little of both, sir. Uh, Moff. Sir, Sir Moff. So we've talked about all the issues and what what went wrong and the after effects that we know of. We're still living in them. But uh, let's wrap this all up by uh, going to the to our final bit here of uh, what, 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 what wounds you think were fatal. What is the cause of death that you're writing down for Solo, a Star Wars story? Um, 
I'm gonna go back to the, the word of the day from the beginning of superfluous. It just was not needed, and uh, I think people responded in kind. I mean, it still made well, it didn't make. It still brought in a ton of money relative to most openings, but like it didn't didn't perform like a Star Wars film should. And I think that's just because a lot of people are just like, eh. I mean, I'm going to go grill some hot dogs. A movie that makes almost $400 million could be successful. Could have made money for, for, you know, if there's a lot of other factors. Obviously, the budget had to be way lower. Right. If you made a comedy and you made $400 million, goddamn, you're you're rolling in it. Oh, yeah. I mean, you have something that's not a ton of CG and action sequences and shooting in multiple countries, I'm assuming... uh, yeah, you'd be you'd be you would be setting up for sequel and or trilogy territory like uh, the Hangover did. So that's your you're saying, despite all, all the different things, you're going with uh, pretty much uh, unoriginality is the reason, or that are just unnecessary. Being yeah, unnecessary. just unnecessary. All right, all right. Um, you know, I I know all the the. The Last Jedi haters wanna, they're gonna say that Last Jedi, they believe, is the, is the fatal wound and the cause, the reason this movie failed. But that's incorrect. That's <laughs> right. I'm calling you guys as, oh, you can't tell me my opinions incorrect. Well, guess what? I can't. Because sometimes opinions aren't opinions. Sometimes opinions are just fucking wrong. All right. And we don't gotta respect everyone's opinions when this they're fucking wrong. But uh, I'm gonna say that. This movie never lived enough in my mind to even die. I didn't think it had an original bone in its body. This movie is the scientist's dilemma. Is if Frankenstein brought a person back to life, you know, he like took parts from all these different living people, so there's nothing new. It's just all different people crammed together, and then he killed it. Is that kill? Is that is that killing somebody? Hmm. Is that killing somebody if the, if if it was just something things that have already lived in the first place? I say no, and I say put this fucking movie out of its misery. It has no Gee. cause of death because it never lived. Whoa, look at that, folks! That's a mind fuck right there. You'll be thinking Suck about that on one. That one. You're gonna you're gonna wake up just before when you hear that, and you're gonna think, "Wow, that was profound." I can't go to sleep now. Yeah. So you're not gonna you're not gonna expect to see this on the Disney Plus uh, like up front and center like highlighted. Oh, you you subscribe to Disney Plus? Watch Solo. No, this one will be buried in their in their backlog. Mm. But don't worry, Steve. There'll be plenty of other Star Wars stuff on there, so don't forget to sign up for Disney Plus coming later this year. This is not sponsored by Disney Plus. Disney, give us money, please. I'll I'll change everything I said about Solo. <laughs> he will say whatever you want. I would just, just give him a free subscription. I was going to try to do that. a Mickey Mouse impersonation impression right there, but I decided not to because I don't I'm think really that's. Bad what, at it. Yeah, I don't think the people want that. That's a, I don't care what the people want. Hey, if you like what you're hearing, don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at AT Report Pod. Smash those shares and likes, and if you throw in a tweet, Steve will send you a recent pick. And while you're on iTunes, don't forget to leave us a review. Five stars, preferably. Review, show us your love. And we all just want to be, want to be loved.
But don't stray too far. Next time, we'll throw another movie on the slab right here on The Autopsy. I don't really care either way. I've become very indifferent on most of this, so I, I don't have this rage one way or another. People, like if you know Star Steve, Wars folks. please reach out to him. He needs help. He doesn't care about anything and anything and <laughs> everything in life. I feel like any day now, he's going to kill himself. I am very excited for the Avatar sequel that we've been waiting for. for Are you so really? Long. No, not at all. <laughs> I just saw there's like a link to most anticipated movies of 2020 and it what looks like yep it's an avatar thing good lord I wonder if we'll be doing that movie on the pod I hope so but doing James Cameron that movie's gonna make five billion dollars in its first weekend it's like yeah it's hard to discredit Cameron but it's been so long and people and like the, the the opinions on those movies have shifted so much yeah no they've definitely not aged well but apparently the Star Wars prequels have, so what do I know? Fucking stupid, that's what. <laughs> prequels uh, aren't that bad. Just like a fucking hammer in my ass ain't that bad once I get used to it. <laughs> well, on that note, you should be real glad this is not a visual podcast. <laughs>